go. Hello, we're, this is gonna be the first time we're making this type of video and I'm ready to try something new. And today I got someone with me, a special guest. This guy is a friend of mine. Can you introduce yourself? Sure, my name is Jared, man. I've uh, known you for quite some time now, I believe. Yeah, been a while, I think around like 2016. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Around there, yeah. So, yeah, uh, today we're just doing a little small podcast, see how it's going to work. And, of course, I know this guy for a very long time. We both love, like, anime, cartoons, superheroes. So I thought it'd be right for us to talk about the same, those kind of things. So the first thing I want to talk about is basically talk about the comparison between comic books and, like, mangas. And, like, what are your thoughts about it? Like, which was better? What's your opinion? So, so my opinion, I, I got to go with uh, manga. I I prefer manga over comic books. Why simply is that? Because I, it's, I, feel like, I feel like manga is a little bit more intimate, in a sense, than comic books are. Yeah. Like, comic books seem, well, probably not when they first started out, but comic books seem like, much more of a big production than manga yeah. does. Like manga seems more like a like a love child of the creator, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand. It'd be like a like an indie game versus a triple A game. At least now, that's that's the way I see it. Anyway. Yeah, a lot of people feeling that way because my thing when I like when I read like uh, comic books or even mangas, I feel like I'm more getting a story from the creator. When I read manga, because precisely, it, yeah, because I read it, it feels like I'm looking at an industry telling a creator, the comic book, sorry, or telling the creator, hey, we want you to make this so we can fit this uh, movie coming out, or the po- or maybe the political spectrum right now. We want to go with this, mm-hmm. and don't really feel like the creator really have the their own word and say about the whole thing. Right. And like I said, it may it may not have always been the case where it felt yeah. like that, because I'm sure, you know, in the in the original days with the even like uh, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, different stuff like that. But then again, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but I don't think they were completely responsible for drawing every single one of their characters and everything. But I, yeah. I believe You're I'm right. wrong on that, though. But I yeah. You're right. But um, manga just seems on the opposite side of that. It seems like anything that has to do with that manga the creator has a hand in whether it be the way a character looks uh the art style it seems like it's really close with that creator and i think you can't you can't really replace that yeah definitely um the one thing i just really have problem with like the comic book so i when i went to i went on a trip and the first place i wanted to go to is a comic book store and I got a comic book store, a Spider-Man, like the very first one. And when I read it, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely written by the person, the person, not the company, the person. They said they had a lot of heart to it. They actually have story behind it. And I compared it to the new comic book recently, it just feels like it just like they're just trying to put themselves in like this political spectrum, whether it's like a right wing or left wing to please an audience rather than actually like a person actually caring about their character mm. and just like it didn't feel natural it just feel like majority thing they do is preach about their political spectrum 
mm-hmm. they're actually telling me a story. And that's what a lot of people just don't like. And that's what I like about manga. It just feel like they're telling me a story. Right, right. And I mean, hey, who's to say that it's not, um, like I said, because it's just, comic books feel like that, I think, because I think it's just gravitated towards that simply because it's, um, yeah. as time goes on, like, of course, there's more things to talk about. Uh, we've introduced this character to do this. He's, uh, how would he feel about this going on in the situation? Because again, yeah. I mean, these are these actual people writing these actual stories. So, I mean, if I was a creator, I have no choice but for the character I draw or the creation I make to take on some qualities that I behold or I believe in. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But like my part was that uh, Spider-Man, if you know me, my favorite superhero of all time is Spider-Man. And this is a weird choice. part. Good choice. <laughs> and the weird part about it is basically like one thing I like about manga is that it's written by one person. So wherever they decide and wherever the, the ideas stop with that person. Right, right. With comic books, it's like, okay, Stan Lee and, and uh, give me a second, Dicko, they made us uh, Spider-Man. That was their creation. But then you have like more other creators like during the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. There are more creators keep making new hero and changing the character each time. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like, like one time I hear somebody say, oh, my, I like Hulk because he's this strong. And somebody said, no, he's not. He's this strong. And you didn't realize you're talking about two different authors. You know what? You bring up a, you bring up a very good point because that's one thing you don't see much of in, uh, in mangas or anime in general. You don't see much of another artist picking yeah. up a character and making another story with him. That is, that is pretty unique to comic books. I will yeah. give you that. And like I said, like one time they have Peter Parker, he being like a, I think somebody said he's Jewish. Next thing I know, mm-hmm. he t- I'm being told that he's atheist. I'm like, what? Hmm. Like they had, like he's religious and Catholic in one story. He's Jewish in another story. He's atheist in another one. Like, so there, I mean, there's, I, like with anything, there's pros and cons to that. You know what yeah. I mean? Because there's. It's, you run into the issue of so say take for example Akira Toriyama the uh, creator of Dragon Ball Z yeah so for a long time he, you know of course he had an editor that he would uh you know turn the stories into say hey this is um this is what I need this is what I have and print this you know what I mean yeah but for the most part he doesn't really have to answer to anyone about his story where he wants to take it what he has to do for the most part however you run into an issue with that because if you notice Akira Toriyama forgets a lot of the stuff that he writes. <laughs> yeah. So you run into a lot of issues uh, such as like, what character is this powerful? What is this character capable of? And if it's just you, if you're forgetting or if you forget what you said about a character or what you've established about a character, there's no one to say, Hey, we can't do that because just a few issues ago, we said he couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's, it's I get it. It's pros and cons uh, either way it goes. Cause, but like you, like the point you made is that you don't, you don't see that often where uh, you get all these different takes on like, say for example, Goku, like there's only one Goku yeah. in manga, you know? And even if you do see a different Goku in manga, it, it's for the most part, 
Akira Toriyama has something to do with it until you know you get to like GT where they they, <laughs> they just decided thing. to do whatever and completely butchered the character in the series. But if I remember correctly, I haven't watched GT in a while. They made Goku Goku who's a god who's like a grandfather at the time a little boy again. Indeed, they did. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I I can only imagine that someone in some boardroom was like, "Oh, the kids will be able to relate to him more." Because <laughs> he's not a 30-year-old <laughs> martial arts <teacher. laughs> And they made him go like a little adventure with his grandchild. <laughs> yes, uh, it was... so relatable. Having grandkids at 13. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They uh they kind of went off the rails with GT, that's for sure. Yeah. And, like, my thing is, is that we talk about, like, comic books and, like, mangas. You get different kind of mangas like you can like for instance anime if somebody said hey anime is childish you can be like what well it depends on what kind of anime you like do you like watching dark and uh dark anime you like watching mm-hmm. uh romantic do you like watching action do you want mystery or slice of life you get all the different type but really in like it's not really much of a big genre twist for comic books it's like you, they are some but it's not like it's nowhere near as drastic. I get what you're saying. Yeah, because like I know that I know some people some people would say like, oh, Archie there, but or Walking Dead, but it's like you don't really see that much unless you go to like you just luckily just went to a bookstore and you see on like right. the bomb shelf. So yeah, as far as genres go, I mean, comic books there there's a plethora of genre as far as uh, comic books go, but yes. I think. Here we we start to call them like the darker they get and the more serious they get, we start to call them graphic novels. They start giving them that title because yes. it's more of a more of a novel. So, yeah, right, right. More more graphic and it's more of a uh, more of like a novelization, if anything. You know. Yeah. That, however, with anime, there is such a drastic like you, there's literally something for everyone with anime. Exactly. That's, that's one thing you can't. That's that's one thing you can't give to it because, like you said, there are so many different genres that are so drastically different from one another that it's crazy. Like it's honestly wild the the different things that you can get with anime. Whereas yeah. comic books, it does seem a lot more streamlined. Yeah, because like it's a complete different from like Death Note to Naruto. True. <laughs> and, like true. you can. And you can draw, or if you were being uh, crazy with what other anime that is not bad, I can say. Oh, give me a second. Well, sure, you've got you've got plenty of yeah, of, uh, quote unquote bubblegum anime like um, uh, what was the one? It, it's just there. I it's can't so I can't think. It, but yeah, there's like there's just, di- yeah, like the fact that you. The fact that there you have difficulty thinking out just shows you like there's so there's so many different ones. Like there's a difference between my, one of my favorite mangas I read, but from a silent voice and like Dragon Ball or like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, or your lie in April and all stuff like that. There's like so many or Angel Beats. Like there's so much different for each one. Right. But fairy tales, even though I don't like fairy tales. Uh <laughs> it just there's so much different. But if like comic books, we all think about just superhero. Like we say, oh, I'm a comic book hero or something like that. That's, that's everybody true. keeps that's thinking true. about. I, I'll give you that because um, now I will say 
the, uh, to go back to the point we were talking about before where yeah. you have different artists taking on different characters with uh, comic books and you see that pretty often where you've got oh this isn't that Batman from that universe this yeah. is uh, uh, you know this is somebody else's Batman or something like that to that to credit that you get so many different looks at one character like this you got a Batman that is so much cooler than the other Batman or you got a Batman that has such a different perspective because it's a different person writing it, you know? Yes. Like, I would love to see if... Um, now, I know it would probably never happen, but I would love to see the the creator of Death Note do his take on Goku or something like that. Like, I would just love to see what the difference would be. You know what I mean? Definitely. I think that would be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be extremely different. Goku actually thinking for a very long time in battles. <laughs> right. That'd be wild. Or like, what's his name? Mr. Soto. Uh, no, it's in Kishimoto. Kishimoto. Uh, if mm-hmm. I'm saying, I said his name wrong. I know I did. Or <laughs> no, Naruto. it's 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 Kishimoto. Yep. Kish, oh, I said the first name wrong. Uh, oh. Kishimoto and his uh, intake for like, you know, for uh, also for Dragon Ball, and like, cause you know, I person I person like uh, Naruto better than Dragon Ball. I know a lot of people don't have that same idea but it just like to me i like to see how the fight scene look like to me because i like the fight scene in naruto more than like dragon ball fight scenes so i want to see how that would make you know because you know to me i feel like the fighting in dragon ball they just like throw punches really while true true naruto basically like they do a martial art so i want to see how like if goku say he's the best martial artist in the world or the universe i would like to see some martial artists but it's not like that. And I kind of appreciate it's not like that because it gives me different take. I can say, oh, I like this one better than the other one rather than people just going on carousels, switching out stories each time. Right, like, hey, you right. got Batman. Like, well, you got Spider-Man. You get Iron Man. You get this. Next, we're going to switch up the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. I get you. I get you. Because like, that's why I feel like comic books is not really being as productive as it used to be. You don't really feel like the the writers or the the artists have their voice in it. It's feel like they're in like a business. That's true. That's true. It does seem comic books seem very corporate nowadays, especially now that they know they can make money off of them. MCU. Right. Right. Now that they know it's a it's a uh, it's basically a a well of cash, like it's an infinite amount of cash that you can get now. They. Yeah. Uh, they definitely have become a little bit more corporate, a little bit more self-serving, if you will, you know? Yeah. Because like, I was talking about the political ex- uh, part of it because I feel like I'm okay with political stories. Like, I think some of the best stories I like are political. But oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you got... Oh, I'm Captain sorry, go ahead. So sorry, like Captain America's like, political thing like that? Uh, I was going to say, um, shoot, beyond Captain America, like... Uh, uh, what is their name? What is their name? Watchmen. I was going to say Watchmen. Yes. That's one of the first ones that come to mind. Yes. And that's like well-known and beloved from a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that, I don't know, it's like the younger writers nowadays are, don't have that little skills to actually intimate real life and fictional life together and actually work well with the story. It feels like they have a agenda they come to you and say, this is right. 
I'm right, you're wrong if you don't agree with it. But, uh, and like you're gonna deal with it, and then it don't it don't feel genuine in my take, and it just feels so preachy to me rather than actually make me feel like oh, that's a really good story about this uh, political uh, space. I get you, I get you, I get you. People, yeah, yeah, I get exactly what you're saying because it seems more so that. Uh, and this, I mean, with anything, whether it be with uh, reporting or whether it be with journalism, anything, it's people aren't allowed to draw their own conclusions anymore. It's uh, everything is like pointed towards a stance and whether or not that stance is right or wrong. You, no one, no one presents people with this is one thing, this is another thing, and you draw your own conclusion. It seems like that's been lacking, very lacking. Exactly. And I just, and personally for me, I just don't like that because I feel like you're not really telling a story to towards the audience, and it kind of it actually draw away audience. I have seen so many people on YouTube who just yell on there and rant about, oh, this person putting their political spectrum on me and stuff like that, but then praise a story that probably go against their political spectrum in the past because it's so good, like. If some people say they oh you look at them they find like the races on that but then like X Men who basically is an allegory between racism mm-hmm. is and and even though, even though I'm not like a person who get mad about that kind of stuff when I look read these stories I'm like uh they are kind of preachy and it don't really feel like they're telling me a story they feel like they're trying to tell me something and put my favorite character make them say it to me. I get, yeah, I get, I get exactly like pushing an agenda using yes. something you, you already like, you know. Yeah, and that, to me, don't. That's when the story don't feel genuine or feel like you actually did. Sorry, drop something. Don't actually feel like you're actually telling us a story. Mm-hmm. It just, and that lose the lore. I mean, that lose like the whole feel of reading comic books anymore because you're not really excited to read them. I yeah no I understand that because like I said it. Just, Nowadays, it seems very corporate. Everybody has an agenda to a push. Yeah. Uh, no one, no one kind of, I guess, prevents, presents information to you and allows you to draw your own conclusions. Yeah, seems like that's a that's a thing of the past. Yeah, and that's why I think more people are drawn to mangas is because you get stories, you get people talking about different stuff and presenting a way where everyone can actually enjoy it. Because I remember somebody made a video about, you ever heard of uh, anime slash manga called Beastar? I've, yes, I've definitely heard of that. Okay, somebody made a, a good video. I, I don't know his name, so sorry. But he made a good video talking about how Beastar is talking about privileges in the world. How some people were born rich with a silver spoon, some people were just born poor, or in their case, some people born being like predators and some people born being prey and how each how each person interact with each other show how they feel about this kind of system for and i know i read like facebook comics uh, and, um twitter a lot of time and people saying like oh i don't want people to talk about my privileges or they feel offended and they told things talk about it political yet people love b-star and I say because mm-hmm. the story we present correctly is actually address something that matters to the person, but the person knew how to finesse the story enough to make people right, like right, it and learn something. I, 
there is always, always a right and a wrong way to like. There's, there's no right and wrong thing to say, but there's always a right and wrong way to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the way I've always thought is that you. I mean, you can say or create anything you want, and you can make it say or you know make it create anything you want it to. But there's a way to go about doing things. It's not always what you do or what you say, but it's why you do and why you say. Yeah, it's like, and not like how your parents tell you, and not what you say, it's how you say it. And that's basically mm-hmm. how, every, how writers need to figure out how to say and present their story to people. Because you, can have, cause you try to get like an audience and they can push them away if you do it wrong. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, it's just something that I have problem with with a uh, comic book. It feel corporate. You don't feel like there's any big uh, connection with between the readers and the author. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's Other one thing monks the, have. The characters they like, yeah. Yeah. No, I I get exactly what you're saying because I I mean. I've kind of noticed that as well. It's like the more, the more money they start to make off of them, the more it starts to drift towards like, a, okay, how can we continue to make money? Yeah. How can we, how can we please everyone without upsetting anyone? You know. Yes. Which, if you if you live life like that, man, you're you you end up in upsetting everyone. <laughs> exactly. Cause how, okay, so I didn't read the story. I just heard on YouTube. I don't know if it came out because due to COVID, but mm-hmm. um, this is one story where they have the two twins, and one one like like Snowflake, and the other one we call Safe Space. And I was like, no, <laughs> 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 like one made like four shields, and one dude like um, if I remember correctly, ice powers. And it was oh, just, my. it was just bad. That's pretty funny. Like they said, yeah, we decided to give it to them because we heard in the political spectrum people call snowflakes, and we want to use that, and we use all these negative connotations and make it feel like a source of power. I'm like, no, don't do this. It was Marvel too, so that's. Oh, oh. that so sounds just... like something. That sounds like something I'd uh, pick up and put back down. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and they're gonna pick like the, and they use like an actual. A group. This was like a new generation of kids in this one group they had back in the nineties. I forgot the name of it though. Yikes. I'm sure give it about about twenty, thirty years and kids will love it. Like it'll be it'll be ironically popular. <laughs> yes, like the uh, the cult classic. At the time no one loved it, but now it's right. so popular. That's probably one of those guys. I don't think so, man. It's, I don't know. Maybe the story is really good, but based on how many times I've seen some on YouTube and also in real life, some bad comic books written by some person who tried to put, who didn't do a good job of uh, uh, presenting their story and it fails, it'll never go. It's, I feel like this is one of those things, too. Mm. I can agree. I can agree with you yeah. on that, man. So to me, I feel like Marvel should go back to their roots. I feel like they should give the creator more freedom and start creating uh, characters for people who don't read comic books. Because hmm. that's been... All right. 
that been a problem for a while. <laughs> well, it's it's tough when you say that because it's like okay, so you do something such as all right, if you create a comic book, of course you do it because you love creating, you love writing. Yes, but it also has to be sustainable. Yes, if you you see what I'm saying. Yeah, because if it's not sustainable, if uh, if people are do if people don't like it or not enough they people like it. it, you cannot continue to create that comic book. So, so it's a very thin line that uh, creators or anyone who creates anything, you know, it's a very mm-hmm. thin line they walk. It all all depends on what you're you're willing to put up with as a creator, or what 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 real what you're really in it for. Because if you're not in it for money or anything like that, then you'll be fine. You know, if just a small group of people like your content, you'll be fine if you're not in it for money. But if you're in it for money, popularity, anything like that, of course you're gonna you're gonna bend the knee. <laughs> yeah, and because like for instance, uh, uh, remember at the end of the Infinity War, that when people were getting like erased, and mm-hmm. Nick Fury hit that button to call for Captain Marvel. There was like a big line of production for making Captain Marvel comics, just so people know who she is. And mm-hmm. when people went out there and tried to research, like, who is Captain Marvel? I never heard of Captain Marvel before. I've seen some stories, and those stories were boring. And they, mm-hmm. they made, they, had their, they did like a lot of reruns just so because they was just not selling much they want to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That's so they're basically being corporate trying to promote a movie coming out the next year in March. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. and they'll just like say, "Hey, writer, yeah, yeah, you, come on, write this story for Captain Marvel and to see what's go and see how it goes." And then there's run get canceled within like one issue. I heard like one or two issues. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Imagine that being. And they, the first I mean, comic. they probably they probably did not care if those comics got canceled. They probably did not care at all. They didn't, because based off our <laughs> story, they had no story. <laughs> there's just they, one they, like this one part where they're just stuck on this uh this rocket ship, and then they're like, they probably were banking the, bank, on that's the whole story. Get it out there. Yeah, they were probably let's just get it out there. They were banking on people would just buy it. Because it had Captain Marvel attached to it, and they hoping to bank on people's um, curiosity. Yeah, because comic books cover are so misleading. They are so misleading. Because you pick, you look at a comic book cover, and you're like, "Wow, this is gonna be a crazy story." Because the uh, art on it is like showing something insane on it, and then you open the book, and there's like barely any story in there. Dude, that's just a testament to uh, the artist who created them, man. That is that is just a testament to how good those uh those cover artists are. Yes, the, it, they their, are good. Their job is to get you to pick that book up, and if you pick that book up, they've done their job. So, yeah, that's pretty great. Well, their job is to to sell that book. So yeah, you picking up the book is just a first step to that, which is pretty cool. They said, please don't open up and start reading. Please don't start opening and reading. <laughs> so they put it in plastic. So they put it in plastic. And so you can't open it up in the store. Because <laughs> one thing my dad and I complained about was that 
we get we get a comic book, we buy it like three dollars something. I don't know, pay, maybe cheaper somewhere else. Right. And we go home. I'm excited to read it, and then we read it. There's ad, 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 and then you finish. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. That's my big complaint. It's like the story of it. There's barely a story in the comic book because the thing is so thin. They're so thin. Oh my god, man! Yeah, there. That's that's a cash grab. That is definitely one hundred percent a cash grab. And then I go get like a a manga volume book, and you know how thick those things are, right? Yes. There are like you can read it, and you like actually. Cause I remember it took me a while to read like a Naruto comp, uh, Naruto, a uh, manga, and it like take me like a whole day, and it's just me reading each time and they're like adding begin like adding the, book, the first page then add the end mm-hmm. while in the story in a comic book they're like add in the beginning the end and the middle in like seven pages of story yes yeah, that's, that's fluff man they're trying to they're trying to pad the pages trying to make it last just a little bit longer than it should <laughs> Yeah, it's annoying. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean shoot, ads anywhere are annoying. Like I I I don't mind, you know, you're trying to get your product out there, you're trying to promote your product. But at some point advertisements can get to be pretty predatory. Yes. Like I read more of the ad than I read the, the comic book. I'm reading an ad for another comic book. That's how stupid it was. I'm reading a Spider-Man comic book. Next thing I know, I'm reading like three pages of a Fantastic Four. Mm. I'm like, I don't like Fantastic Four. Why am I reading this well? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, I really kind of ran out with about comic books and manga. So since we're talking about you know, comic book and manga, let's talk about the other side of them and talk about TV shows, anime, and cartoons. Mm. Yeah. So what you, what is your favorite? Like, when you sit down, go on Netflix, which one you rather pick? Would you rather watch anime or you rather watch some American cartoon? Man, I got to be honest. It depends on how I'm feeling that day. If I'm feeling nostalgic, man, I will turn on some Hey Arnold so fast. I will turn on some Bugs Bunny. I it's it's so ingrained into my childhood yes. and into who I am at this point that it's like I can I can taste cereal when I watch certain <laughs> cartoons, man, from waking up in the morning and going to watch them. Yes. It's it's crazy how 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 much of a part of my life that cartoons are. On the uh on the other side of it though, anime is I love that anime is has a source material to come yes. from. Like uh, I feel like most animes have a framework. So for what we here in America know as going from like a comic book to a movie, with manga and anime, it's basically the same thing. Like going from a manga to an anime, because of course you've seen some anime that will they will depart from their source material. They'll you know, change some things that happened in the manga yeah. going over to the anime. And sometimes it works out for the better, such yeah. as like, uh, or I won't even say works out for the better. Sometimes it just works out, such as like Titanfall. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here saying Titanfall. Attack on Titan. <laughs> I'm thinking about Xbox, man. But no, um, Attack on Titan. It worked out for Attack on Titan. 
some things it doesn't work out so good for, such as um, Full Metal Alchemist, where they oh the first one yeah, yeah 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 the original Full Metal Alchemist where they completely broke away from the uh, manga, and it, it it got a little got a little got a little crazy. Then say you know what we're gonna remake it and call it Brotherhood. Yeah, we're we're gonna go ahead and <laughs> we're gonna do do the first thing. Let's <laughs> say you know what. Hope we just put brotherhood so people can tell the difference between the two. Yeah, it's like I said, it's it's hard, extremely hard telling like if given one over the other for uh, anime and cartoons for myself. Yeah, I there, totally agree. There are some cartoons that are just untouchable, like uh the original Tom and Jerry. The you you just cannot touch these cartoons. The uh there's something about American hand animation, like uh, some of the original Disney movies, and you know the original Tom and Jerry's, where they are hand animating it. Yeah. To this day, it just it can't. It's flawless. It can't be touched, and they don't do it anymore because it's so it's so time consuming. But when they do, God, I God, am I appreciative of it because it is it is beautiful hand animated like. Old school hand animation is gorgeous. It's, I there are no words for it. It really isn't, for, in my opinion, anyway. For me, when you talk about cartoon, my favorites are like the two thousand cartoons. I feel like mm-hmm. there's so many. Like I can just start naming some, and mm-hmm. like yeah, like Kim Possible. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a that was a banger. Uh, let me see, Avatar: The Last Airbender. That was a banger. Uh, Danny Phantom. That was a, like those shows. I just sat there and watched them. Ben Ten. Those kind of shows. When I remember like coming home from uh, school and mm-hmm. going straight to my sister's room because she's the one who had TV and just <laughs> turning on, uh, going to Cartoon Network, just going down and see Ben Ten, clicking on, just watch for like thirty minutes. Like those kind of things bring back memories. Of just watching them, and I started watching like anime really back in like. 2010, yeah, 2010 with uh, Dragon Ball be my first one. Hmm. But, I, but the memory is just like from being like five years old and watching Kim Possible, Dave the Barbarian, uh, Lola and Mr. Whisker, and those kind of those random shows I see on Disney Channel, mm-hmm. Cartoon Network, and Nickelodeon. Oh, late at night. Yep, yep. Yeah. I will, man. I gotta tell you, shout out to Toonami because if it if yes. it weren't for Toonami, man, I don't think I ever would know what anime was. They they really took a took a chance on it, and boy, did it pay off. Yes, I think I, I can't remember. I think the first anime I ever laid eyes on, of course, was Toonami. Um, I want to say no, because Cowboy Bebop didn't come on midday. That that didn't come on. Start coming on. I think Naruto elsewhere. did though. Yeah, now Naruto did start on Tsunami Midday, but I'm talking about Tsunami like it had to be maybe 2001. Oh, no. Maybe mm-hmm. 2000, 99, 2000, something like that when Tsunami first started. Yeah, uh, 1998, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That around that time, they were showing, they had like Roni Kenshin, uh, Gundam, oh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. old, old, well, what would be considered now old anime. And. I think those are some of the first ones I ever laid eyes on and fell in love, man. I didn't know what it was, but I knew I liked it. Yeah, because 
because yeah, I think well for me, really, uh, really enough, the first one I actually actually watch really much was Dragon Ball, and that was from like uh, Nick Tune mm-hmm. when they were like uh, broadcasting that on Nick Tune. Yeah. So I was watching that on that show, and then Naruto. Now, I'm not gonna say where I saw it from. Um, that'd be kind of in the illegal side, but I saw the show and it's, it's really good. <laughs> Let's just say I'm posting the same place where I saw Naruto from, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's just that watching those stuff, it did bring back a lot of memories and it's fun to just go back and watch it. To me, I feel like cartoon and anime, in my opinion, are kind of the same in my perspective. Now, because I think now, a lot of people are saying that cartoon is start being is start drifting away from being you no know, too kiddish, you know, doing the slapstick you see on uh, Teen Titan Go. Uh huh. To actually talk about something serious, like a lot of people are talking about how um, what's that show called? I never watch it, but Steven Universe and how. Oh, okay, okay. Taking on like talking about serious issues. Yeah. Or, like, think that would be considered to be more taboo for kids. Right. Right. I and I have I have my own opinions about that in particular because I feel like again going back to the same conversation we were just having about pushing agendas and everything like that. Yeah, I feel like uh, there is a certain age that you should learn about certain things, and the age that you might be introduced to something like that might be a little young. You know, I okay. So hopefully <laughs> they don't come back. Guess um, on that thing. Um, actually, um, in 12th grade, when I was doing like psychology, they actually said that the time where kids trying to learn who they are as an identity, like who am I thing is like mm-hmm. 12 years old. So if you're talking about a show, like let's say talking about more mature stuff for a kids, such as identity and whatever thing like that, it just starts at like 12 years old from 18. That's where kids are trying to figure out who am I? And that's the best part. I know there's some shows that some people are questioning. Like, are they going a little too young? Or like 11 and under? And yeah, because I see like, uh, can you put like, I don't know, Teen Titan Go, which is for like eight years old, who kids who are eight years old, and then put like Steven Universe right next after that. You might going to see some kids looking at some stuff they should not be exposed to yet. Hmm. Well, then again, but then again, I saw Star Wars Clone Wars at nine years old, and you know, if you watch that show... <laughs> but, it, and again, they have I say, body counts. there are, there are, it doesn't matter what you say, what you do, what matters is how you say it, how you do it. Yeah. Steam Universe goes about it very well, if I do say yes. so. You know, I can agree with that. They, they attack. They talk about things that would normally or traditionally are difficult to talk about or difficult to approach, and make it an extremely yeah or taboo and make it extremely approachable and very easy to address. Mm-hmm. So that that I I thought was a credit to it. I thought that was um, an excellent thing that they they were able to do with Steven Universe because yeah. not everyone can do that. Not everyone can, you know, handle taboo topics 
with as much grace or with as much um, ability that Steven Universe was able to. I mean, yeah, talk about kids being exposed to a lot of stuff. I mean, during the time, like 2008-2009, Star Wars, The Clone Wars just came out. And I don't know if you're a watcher or not, but... They do a Star Wars Clone Wars did something you're not supposed to do for kids shows. They start killing people on screen. Oh, dude! Yeah, like they were people, like people were getting like people getting head chopped off, people getting stabbed in the chest, people getting shot, and you see people like crying during wartime. And I'm seeing this at nine years old. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> I want to see next week. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like I say, it's. I I loved Star Wars and Clone Wars. I thought I thought it was pretty great, pretty pretty great show. And I I mean I'm a fan of Star Wars anyway. I I'm not a hundred percent versed in it, but yeah. I, Star Wars is something I enjoy. Yeah. So like when we talk about like cartoons such as like Steven Universe and so that you talk about serious topics, I mean it's kind of weird to say like oh we'll talk, we we need to protect the kids, but there's certain shows that come on like. Like an eight-year-old should not be watching like regular show, you know what I mean? But it's still okay, there get, for kids to watch it. Oh yeah. Like a kid probably still be up like nine o'clock in the, in, at night, still watching oh, the yeah. show. But you you know how they go. They um they have time slots, and the later it gets into the night, they figure. Yeah, and it's it's also one of those things where you can't. It's not something you can blame a creator for either, because as with video games, it's as a parent you should be on top of what your child your child is watching. Right. Now, of course, of course, everybody is human. Everybody, you know, everybody. You can't know twenty four seven what your children are doing, but you you should definitely make the effort. The effort should be made. That's why I had you two kids because kids were finding rude stuff on YouTube. Oh, dude, it's it's stuff is so accessible, especially. Because the generation that's coming up now understands computers and technology so much better than the generation ahead of it. At least I can say that in my case. I think I got a few years on you, Matt. But yes, yeah. yeah, I dude, I understood computers and websites so much better than my parents. They 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 would have never known what I was doing or what I was going to. I, I they just had the trust that they laid a good groundwork that I wouldn't be doing anything or watching anything. I shouldn't have been, you know. Yeah. So, and yeah, so like to me, car, like, and same thing for anime too. It's like you can find some, like, how we talk about serious topic for a cartoon. I mean, anime been talked about serious topic a long time ago. And it do, well, I've seen a lot of people getting frustrated when people say, oh, anime's for kids. And then, you know, people in the same, like, I think in the meme where they say anime for kids and they show like a, when uh, what's name Maduro killing everybody in the Ninja War? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the thing about it is though, if you look at the history of cartoons and animation in America, yeah. cartoons were never for children. They cartoons never started out being for children. You're like war, like it, a war propaganda, was it? Well, no, it wasn't. Even, in some cases, yes, it was war propaganda, but cartoons were used to. Funny enough, part, cartoons were a political thing. Yes, they started. They were. They started out as caricatures and um, just kind of uh, making fun of or being able to make a stance or sp- spread a message 
of like political satire. things or it's satire. That's the word I'm looking for. They started out as like satire of um of things that were going on in your situation because obviously a person would never say the things that you can make them say as a caricature in a cartoon, you know? Yeah. But that's exactly what they were saying. <laughs> exactly. And so like... cartoons never, cartoons started out never being for children. They weren't originally for children. They just so happened to turn into that. Children started to enjoy them. Like it's children like bright colors and loud noises. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And also, like, for instance, like, a lot of people are saying, like, for Avatar Last Airbender, which I started watching it when it came out in 2005, so I was five years old when I watched it. Mm-hmm. And even though it was, like, a kid show, it was so mature in so many ways that it felt like, you know, what you see on anime, it, like, it don't treat the audience, well, most of what we've seen don't treat the audience as children. They just say, hey, I want to tell a story. Let me tell you a story. And I and so like when you're like when I'm like five years old and like, oh, I love this show, then becoming like, I don't know, twenty or twenty-one year old later on, and you just watch it again, I'm like, wow, it's been fifteen years, sixteen years, and I still love the show. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Avatar the last Airbender did a good job of um they did an extremely good job of trusting their audience. Because yes. uh, if if children aren't one thing, children children are not stupid at all. No, children children are not dumb, and to treat them as such is a is a discredit to yourself. Because that's one thing Avatar: The Last Airbender did. They were they approached their audience as if they weren't stupid, and they treated certain subjects and certain character development and certain actions as if their audience wasn't stupid and it paid off it worked very well by doing that by treating your audience a little bit you know more mature than most people would you make a you make something that lasts because avatar the last airbender holds up to today like it to this day is still a good cartoon an extremely good cartoon definitely uh that's what really um, made me mad about uh, Teen, uh, Teen Titan. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Teen Titan and how back in 2004 and 2006, you watch that show, you're like, wow, this is for kids, yet it's so fun, action-packed, have real good characters, have really emotional moments that make you say, wow, I really like your characters. Then you watch Teen Titan Go now and just slap uh, kick humor and mm-hmm. just... You don't really feel anything. You just watch there, watch uh, watch a show, and just say, "Oh, okay, it's on," and walk away. You don't feel nothing about the characters. And it, at that time, they went from a show that treat the uh, the audience with like respect to now mm-hmm. a show that just for giggles for like eight year old. Right, right. So, like, so funny thing about Teen Titans Go. Okay. Teen Titans Go is a good cartoon. Like that's let's just get that out the way. Teen Titans Go as cartoons go is a is a good cartoon. The reason why yourself and people don't like that cartoon is because it has source material. Yes. It has source material that you remember that you loved. It's yes. got source material that you loved and something it's Teen Titans Go is something you would never do to that source material. 
that's why it's problematic. Yeah, cause I like uh, Amazing World Gumball, like and that's like kind of mm-hmm. the same thing. And I sit there. So Teen I- Titans, right, right. So Teen Titans Go, if Teen Titans Go had all original characters, if it had just original characters, if it just came straight from, um, if it just came straight from the mine, like uh, it's let's say it wasn't Robin, Beast Boy, Raven, Cyborg, or Starfire, because if you watch the show without that in mind, without thinking that this is Robin, Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, if you, the fact that you watch it and you think, oh, Beast Boy would never do this, that's what makes you hate it. Or if you think Robin would never do this, that's what makes you hate it. But if they were, if they were any other characters besides the characters they are, people would love that show for what it was. Because Amazing World Gumball is very silly, well, and sometimes I got some really good smart jokes. So, and but they're like original, so I appreciate it being original. So that's why I like it so much. Mm-hmm. But you put the same, the same type of humor for a Teen Titan Go when I remember as my childhood of Teen Titans it being like being more serious and being more grounded. It made me just like, I don't really like it. I'm telling you, that's the reason why. Because as cartoons go, and if you if you actually watch it and like, get out of your head that this is what Teen Titans have become. If you get that out of your head, Teen Titans is hilarious. Like, I'm sorry, Teen Titans Go is hilarious. It's a it's a really good cartoon, man. Yeah, but just like, you remember you no, know, Robin, <laughs> you remember Robin being like, the serious being uh-huh. stoic, being like a leader. The next thing you see on Teen Titans Go, he's twerking. You're like, what? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Why am I Robin twerking <laughs> on TV? I, I understand why people don't like it. I completely understand why people don't like it. But you just, you just got to take it for what it is, man. Beast Boy out here making hits. I'm like, what? What's going on and here? Beast Boy's song slap. Don't even, don't even try to find. I, did, I didn't try. I, just, I said he made hits. Front. I said he made hits. I mean, I listened to him on Twitter. I'm like, man, it's kind of good. Oh, yeah. But still, I'm like, this is Beast Boy. I'm like, I remember him just changing animals like in a second. (laughs) Now you're here just singing songs, changing tunes in a second. So, yeah. So, so basically, we're kind of like even with like animated cartoons. Like, if you're we had a lot of nostalgia going with like cartoon, and right now we still have some really good cartoons that we can watch right now. Same thing with anime, and how cartoon anime is now finally being respectful for the audience. Mm-hmm. So, so next thing I want to talk about now, since so we talk, we talk so much about the theme of you know respecting the audience. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one of the 2020 misfire in video games. And that video game is The Last of Us Part 2. Now, I know you said that before this whole podcast started that you didn't really play the game Last of Us 2, but you heard about it, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, it definitely made waves in uh, the news. That's for sure. They said 50% of people just did not like the game, which is astounding when you compare it to the first game, which everybody call it a masterpiece. The yeah, game, that's 
That that is a uh, that's a big turnaround. <laughs> yeah, the, the game that everybody said, hmm, is video game a media now? Like same with cartoon, comic books, all that stuff like that. Is video games a medium? Because it's like show it was shown how good it was that people said, wow, the story is very good between the two main character, what named Joel and Ellie. Well. Last of Us Part 2, in my opinion, really did mess up. <laughs> like, let me tell you, like, a, the part of st- uh, some parts that I think a lot of people got upset about. Um, Joel, the way he got killed was so early in the game and so disrespectful, people just did not like it. Like, the way they killed him was that so, in the video game, the, the Last of Us Part 1, Joel decided to save Ellie because Ellie had a cure, I guess, to save humanity from this big fungal uh, infection that makes right, everybody right. the zombies. Okay. So, so he delivered her to the Fireflies, an organization that's supposed to want to save the world and stuff like that. And then he was told to save the world, they have to kill Ellie and get the cure from her, which is stupid because if you ever learn anything about vaccination, you don't have to kill the patient to get the vaccination from them. So killing them is already stupid already. But he goes, so safe. So he went there and decided to save her, basically killing everybody in the hospital to save Ellie. And that how they end the story of the first one, make you feel more uh, morally ambiguous, like saying, wow, I thought I was like black and white. I'm a good guy, I'm a bad guy, but instead this time I'm like in between. I'm in this gray area at the end of the story. So they continue that with the second story where there's another girl who really want Joel dead. So she later on killed Joel. And we're like, and how she killed Joel was Joel, like she was trying to hunt for Joel and she gets stuck by these zombie looking thing called, ooh, I forgot it called, but they're zombies. And when she was getting attacked by the zombies, Joel came and saved her. And hmm. she didn't know who they were, his, uh, Joel and his brother Tommy. Uh, they, she didn't know who they were until they introduced themselves. Say, hey, I'm Tommy, this is my brother Joel. And she's like, oh, you're Joel? And he said, yeah. And he's like, hey, do you got any place to go to? So we can quickly go there and find like refugee or refuge. And they went to this house and she attacked them. She got like a shotgun, shot her leg off and beat him with a golf club. And Ellie came yeah. after them and found him by beating up to a pulp. And Abby just killed him right in front of her. And it was just, and people say it was just so bad how he just they took a really beloved character and killed him so easily like that. So right, right. One hour of the game. Okay, okay, I get one hour saying. of yeah, the game. Yes. Yeah. See, that's a that's a that's a point of the material not respecting the character the way the audience respects the character. Yeah. So whoever picked up the reins and did the writing, the for same that guy. Day, oh my god! The guy who wrote the first one wrote that's the second one. That's a. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a big misstep because again, like I said, once your audience 
if your audience, you gotta respect how much your audience respects your writing. Yeah. So if you if you write this character up, and you know, and some so again, some people do it so much better than others. Like uh, Attack on Titan did it well, where they killed off uh, but I and even in that case, they I Aaron was not beloved by the time he died. <laughs> I think Aaron, Aaron was more. No, yeah, I'm talking about at the very beginning, like the the surprise at the very beginning of the series oh. where he gets eaten. Yeah, yeah. So I'm talking about then, like he, he. I wouldn't say Aaron was beloved. You just happened to be attached to him a little bit. Okay. But in this case, Joel. What beloved? Joel, he was a yes. He was a beloved character. There's stake in that, you know. The you like you have stake in this character. So when he just unceremoniously gets killed off, it's like uh, maybe they could have done better than that. So, yeah, so that's the first strike. <laughs> there are so many problems in this game. So the second part of the game, second part, sorry. So the second part is that they made Ellie, the second beloved character of the game, such a serial killer. Like, felt she, like the way she was killing people to get her revenge on El, uh, the girl named Abby mm-hmm. was, wow. Like, they have, for some reason, somebody in the department say, hey, you know what? Let's make the audience feel bad by killing the people. Having people, like, when you kill a person, they have another character screaming out their name, their full name, saying, hey, Johnny, no, you're dead. And make you feel, have all the audio sounds to when you get killed, you hear all the grisly detail of them getting murdered. <laughs> like, you stab the neck, you hear like, oh, oh, oh. Killing. Right. Feel like you're killing somebody, and then you kill dogs. Hmm. Like you just brutally kill dogs. Yeah, and that you, sounds like a sounds like a departure from that character. That seems like an unearned change in that character that just is abrupt. Like it's really abrupt and out of nowhere. You know. Yeah, oh, definitely, because Ellie killed, I think, two people in the first game. The first game, she only killed one person because she had to save Joel, and then she killed another person because the person was attacking her. So that's, that, that was completely different how the next game, she's, like, looking like, I don't know, a equalizer, the e- <laughs> uh, equalizer in the, movie, in the game, killing people with a uh, bow and arrow, knives, and uh, a, a bolt rifle the whole entire time, and cracking necks. And like it was like, it was a point where they had like a another character was saying like, "Oh, look at how many bodies we found in, in two days." And it was like a like a graveyard out there. Jeez. Like she was stacking bodies out there. Yeah, that is that is definitely uh that's a case of where the character that they've written it just makes no sense for that character to do the things that they're trying to make them do now. And as a as the audience, it just it doesn't two and two doesn't make three. You know what I mean? Yeah, make four. So no, no, I, two and two should make four, but in this case, two and two is making make three, three, and yeah. it, it makes no sense whatsoever for the audience. Yeah, definitely. Because and to make matter worse, like so, Abby, the girl that killed Joel, she she killed like one guy, and that was it, right? Mm-hmm. But Ellie was out there killing everybody and everybody who wasn't involved. Like, the only thing they basically did was just be in the room. They were just in the room 
and didn't stop Abby for killing her, for killing uh, Joel, because they were mm-hmm. like there for that reason. But Ellie was brutalizing people, torturing people, killing them. Hit, like the one person, I think it was a black girl in the game, I forgot her name, and she, and she was beating her up with a pipe. It's like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, okay. I mean, I feel the energy. I know your energy, but just not the person who did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it went so far to the point she killed a pregnant lady. Okay, yeah, a person who was pregnant, she killed her. She didn't know oh. she was pregnant, but she killed her still. It was like, yo, <laughs> what am I? It was like, to a point, you like, as a player, you're like, what am I playing as? Hmm. And then they did another. That was, that was second strike. They make a third strike, and people really did not like this one. So when Joel get killed, a lot of players expressed this anger between the Abby character, the person who killed Joel, and they're like, "Man, I can't wait to kill uh, Abby. I can't wait to kill Abby." So they spent like ten hours building up at Ellie, killing all the people, setting a trap, getting all your uh, craftsmanship, everything like that. Then they were like a stopping point. And next thing you know, for the next 10 hours, you're playing as Abby. Hmm. Yeah, so you're playing as a person who you hate for 10 hours, and now you're playing her for 10 hours. Wow. Like, yeah, and see, what you're telling me, like, the, all of the things you're telling me could be done very well. Like, it'd be, it could be very cool. Like, especially... If you're seeing, if you're seeing things from the quote unquote villain's eyes, like that, yes. that could always be cool, you know. Yeah, I totally understand that. But, but it just seems like they he they decided to do it very wrong. <laughs> yeah, because you know what I said about Ellie and how she was basically being like a serial killer, just killing people, all stuff like that. Well, but on Abby's side. She loved dogs. She can't. She can't kill dogs. She loved dogs. Uh, she. She don't leave by. She fighting against this uh people who very, very dangerous and very harmful and actually hurt a lot of people. They made this whole thing make you feel like that. Oh, Ellie is a person who murdered anybody on site. While Abby have a reason to kill the people and to the point you say you can't blame them for that reason. Hmm. And it make you feel like, wow. So Ellie in her own game is a villain and Abby is a good guy. And it's like everybody don't like and like a lot of people did not like Abby. Like so far when I heard when I've heard no one like Abby, but they understand the point where the uh the author was trying to make you see the other point of view, like the villain point of view. So I say like see, oh. the more the more I hear you talk about it, like the more it sounds like what what you what the attempt may have been was that trying to show you that there's not so much different between what you would consider a villain and what you would consider a hero. You know, yes. like just because this person has done one terrible thing, does that justify another person doing several terrible things in retaliation? You know. Yes. It, but. It sounds like that wasn't fleshed out very well either. It was not. It was not. It's, if more people are trying, I feel like the, the people who John defended, 
did a better job telling a story than the, the author because like, oh, so I hear it. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah, I, I understand. They want to do that. But then I'm like, I'll read now watch the Steam game. Like, yeah, no, I still like it. This 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 was not done very well. I it was not. It make, oh my. It's it, I just sat there and watched Ellie, who the person who I was rooting for when I heard about the whole promotion of it. See her just mercilessly kill so many people, like a serial killer, like a villain, and then see the villain, the, the supposed villain story. Do a good thing. For instance, they show her with this uh, little uh, boy they have who's a transgender person, and they show her being b- very accepting, very understanding, and to a point that she, she uh, devote her life to saving this boy and his sister. But then you see Ellie hardly ever had like a companion with her like she had a pregnant uh, girlfriend but still the girlfriend don't really do a lot of stuff in the thing so you really just see Ellie just being angry majority of the game so you still feel that anger through the game with Ellie while you felt more compassion with Abby and like you don't know who Abby is this is Abby's first time being presented in this whole series right right it's still like Abby just got introduced why am I supposed to? Why I'm making you? Why I feel like you're making me hate Ellie and like Abby? Yeah, it seems like that was the the attempt was to get you to see that what you would consider a hero wasn't isn't always quote unquote the hero. You know what I mean? Doesn't always do the hero things. Yeah, but it could have been fleshed out and it could have been done so much better than it was. Definitely, and now. The last strike, and I think that's strike four. I'm not. I oh, I forgot my counting. Yeah, yeah, that's strike four. They're way past out. <laughs> They're way past out. Okay, now this is the part that no one like. They were really frustrated. Now, like I said, I said the other one. They were frustrated playing with Abby, but they thought they were like this. I I saw a lot of people who were playing the game. They thought, well, the good news is, Ellie's still angry. Ellie still want to kill Abby. Ellie, after they had this big fight the first time around, Ellie decided to go home, and both of them survived at the time. They go home, and they was like, hey, you know what? I'm, we'll go get that barn house they were talking about early in the game and actually sit there and basically have a good future with her girlfriend. And she just, and her girlfriend was pregnant with another, uh, another man baby with the mm. other man died in the game. Mm-hmm. And so they're basically raising that baby as their own, and they live in this little barn house area, and life looked great. They have the guitar, they have goats in the uh, pasture, they have a like a farm I was talking about earlier. Like everything looks so good, it feels so calming, it looked peaceful, it felt like a dream sequence that was actually real. Then Tommy came in and was like, "Hey, my brother was shot. You say you're going, you're going to go after Abby and kill Abby." And Abby's still out there, and you're still you're out here having fun. Joel won better, you know what I mean? And right. So Ellie was thinking about that because she still had nightmares about how she saw Joel getting killed. That she decided to go out there and kill Abby. And so she decided to leave, and her girlfriend said, "Like, hey, if you leave, I'm not gonna be here because I'm not gonna sit here all the time wondering if you survive or not." Mm-hmm. And Ellie still decided to go. 
So now she went to go after Abby, who Abby was trying to go to like this uh her and the the boy uh Levi? I forgot the name. And they decided to go to another uh campsite where the put be safe, where they're captured by some kind of pirates, something like that. Mm. So Ellie get there, she went there and killed all the pirates out there to get uh Abby to find Abby basically um uh, Deprive of food and everything, which I forgot to mention. They make Abby look like a man, like she had muscles on muscles <laughs> on the game. Like it's to the point where she is actually throwing punches at the zombies. Like everybody else shoot the zombies, she out here throwing hands. <laughs> <laughs> like like you, you can see some compilation on YouTube and seeing the people just punch like literally squaring up with zombies in the game. Goodness. Like, so when they actually uh, so uh. Abby, Abby is like very weak and kind of frail looking. So now Ellie could take her this time. But she like Abby tied up on a pole because they were actually trying to kill people in a very slow way. Mm-hmm. So of course, I guess being very a lot of people very angry and stuff like that was thinking like, oh, are we gonna cut her or are we gonna just leave her there and just leave her to die? Instead. Ellie, no prompting for the user, and this is a cutscene. Ellie went behind the pole and cut the rope, freeing Abby and allowed him to go to a boat. Then Ellie said, You know what? After she got all the way over there, she remembered that Abby killed Joel and decided, Hey, I can't let you leave. Let's have a fight. So they started to fight to the death, and Ellie was winning, and she was drowning uh, Abby. And everybody was like, mm-hmm. Yes. Finally, we're going to kill Abby. Then Ellie decided to change her mind and let Abby free, and Abby lived the game, and she left the the beach. Ellie by herself. So they didn't even let the uh, user either have the choice to let her live or die. They just let the person who you hated throughout the whole game lives and who killed your beloved character lives, and people were just not happy about that. Like, what was the point? Like, we killed... Uh, Ellie went out there and killed so many people to get to Abby, and the person who shot the bullet is the one who lives. Hmm. Yeah, see, that that's that seems like a case of a writer wanting his cake and eating it, too. Because you can't have this badass killing machine and then once they finally get to it, well, you can have that. You uh, There's ways to do that. There's honestly ways to do that. Exactly. But it, it just, it seems extremely, it seems terribly executed in this case. Like, for instance, uh, people were saying, like, it didn't make no sense because, like, Ellie was there to kill Abby. And while she was killing Abby, the flashback of Joel playing guitar and basically talking about how, uh, excuse me about Bert. Uh, how Ellie and um, she was upset with Joel because she and uh, he took that choice away from her to die on that uh, table, and she felt like her life didn't matter anymore because you took away that big thing she was there that she was desired, her destined to be, mm-hmm. and she was like, I understand. And she said, Hey, I cannot for- forgive you for that, but I'll try. And she remembered that and forgiveness. And I'm like, 
that forgiveness is completely different from person like forgiving somebody for taking away a choice that you had you mean making to you making like you took away something from you it's completely different from uh, forgiving somebody who kills somebody of your kills somebody of your loved ones hmm. and and the fact that it came like literally it was shoe uh, shoehorn in the very last second of the game like Ellie I think Ellie was all about revenge throughout her whole story. There no, nobody told us that, hey, Ellie, you think you're going a little too far. Hey, Ellie, you think you should calm down. Hey, you know, revenge is very bad for you. And at the very end, you're not going to really get anything because Joel is still dead, etc. you know? No, they didn't do that. They do it at the very last second. Like, there's no uh, foreshadowing that Ellie is going to make that a decision and they just say, you know what? Let's just do it right now. Let's put like a little cutscene right here. And to say it just now. completely change her character 100%. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's like I said, that's, that's awful execution of um, also execution of writing. That's just, that's just a terrible example of character development. Oh, yeah. A lot of people say of character assassination. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Everything you told me sounds like character assassination. All right, so I would have to agree with people there. That that doesn't sound like I said. Left Left for Dead is not something that I hold near and dear to my heart. But if it, if that oh, were no, no, happen, uh, last something of us. that I did, I'm sorry, Left for Dead, but <laughs> <laughs> not a completely different game. It, last of Us is not something that's near and dear to my heart. But if it were, if it were something that was near and dear to my heart, and that's what they decided to do with it, I I could definitely see the outrage one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, like I'll like anybody who's listening or you yourself, yeah, I'll say to just watch it and see what your opinion is, because maybe you you go there and say, you know what, I can totally see what the art is going to, we're going going for. But for me, looking at, it, I'm like, uh, luckily. I'm more with Telltale Walking Dead. I feel like that was way better. I'm a fan of that thing in the way they did the story. So, because mm-hmm. there was like a big debate between like a, a creator saying who is better, Ellie or Clementine. And I said mm-hmm. Clementine. And everybody said, oh, no, Ellie kills so many people. And I'm like, but yeah, who got a better story though? No, yeah. Like I said, <laughs> I, I do remember playing. Um, I remember playing Walking Dead, those games. I, I kind of like Telltale's, the way they kind of make games, but I do remember that. And I remember playing Clementine and playing through all that, and Clementine 100% had the better story. I mean, she just killed as a character. I mean, I, I, I just I fell in love with her with the first game where she was just like your adopted daughter, just like how they did with Ellie. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Ellie... Like, Ellie couldn't carry her own uh, story. They put two people on there, while Clementine carried his whole second game, season two of Walking Dead, and people still up. I think like an eight out of ten. So like, and the fact that this one, I think a lot of people getting like a, some people giving like a six or a four, for hmm. Last of Us Two. Yeah, last, like I said, if it if it's anything like what you just described to me. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a terrible time that I want no part of. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, pretty much. 
want to want to talk about this podcast. Uh, I really want to say thank you for coming in today. Hey, listen, man, I appreciate you having me. I I could talk about cartoons, anime, video games. I could talk about that all day long. <laughs> yeah, same here. Well, this is the end of it. Thank you for watching it, and have a good day. All right. Take it easy, man. Till next time. Till next time. Bye.